Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, and your pompadour hairstyle, how are you? I'm killing it, man. I uh, Mariners have won six in a row. Out of their 374-game season. They were tied when I left the house. I have to admit, there is some part of me that still cares about what happens. Still tied bottom of the game. Uh, so the Mariners won That's six a in a game. row. That's a good game. They're, I like when it goes to the ninth inning. There's so many games that just like come the seventh inning stretch. It's just over. And then you have to deal with two full innings left. And obviously there's comebacks, but frequently there are not. Yeah. How is this is this is a little bit other thingy. Hmm. Uh, in your watching of this baseball season, how has the pitch timer changed your enjoyment of the game? Has it made it a more enjoyable experience or has it been kind of unchanged? Well, I will tell you, games are shorter. Um on average, games are quite a bit shorter. You know, there's a, there's two things they've done w- which has sped up the game. So one is the pitch clocks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you, you know, you don't normally notice it because it's just happening and everybody figured it out really quickly. Like mm-hmm. I'd say 15 games into the season, you didn't even notice it anymore. Um, and so it doesn't really change your moment-to-moment viewing experience, but it does make the game shorter, which is nice. The other thing they did, and this is the bigger thing, is starting in the 10th inning, you start the inning with a man on second. Oh, interesting. And so the Mariners playing the Angels earlier this week went into the 10th inning. We started with a guy on second. They start with a guy on second too, right? Mm-hmm. We started with a guy on second. You know, he quickly scores. Now it's all of a sudden four to three or whatever. I can't remember what the score was. That's a huge, you know, like that increases your odds of scoring in any given inning. Well, and bigger bags. So you're like forcing steals and and it it's supposed to make for a faster paced, higher scoring game. Steals are up this year. I don't think the change is quite as big as they thought it might be. Um you know, people were talking about Ricky Henderson numbers. I, I don't see that happening anytime real soon. Uh, but yeah, it, there have been more steals. So yeah, it, it is. There, there's been more scoring on average this year, more stolen bases and just shorter games. So I think that's how it changes, right? It's like game starts at six. It's usually over, you know, or game starts at 630. It's usually over by, by nine, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're getting these pretty quick pretty quick game so that's a good thing has it improved your enjoyment of watching oh or increased not improved increased i don't think so i mean has it decreased no so it was an effective change yeah i i i think it has been effective i it hasn't decreased no it the guy starting on second that's that's like that's like college rules football overtime right like you you start from the 35 yeah. Godspeed. It's interesting, man. Hey, 35? Yeah, I start from 35. Yeah, it's interesting. It's good, though. It, it's a good change. Awesome. <clears throat> Andrew, how are you? I 
am, well, I'm a little sunburnt. I, I burnt my noggin today, and I didn't spend a lot of time without a cover on my melon. So um, that speaks to the temperature that we've been dealing with. And next week is supposed to be just seventh circle of hell hot. Is it? I haven't read that. Yeah, we're in like 90s to 100s all week is the expectation. Sucks. Get to the swimming pool. I don't do that either (laughs) because it's not safe. Yeah. Not for the water part, but for the sun part. That's right. You know, I've never burnt my scalp, Andrew. I don't know why. It must be your your luscious locks. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've never had that. (laughs) Never in my life. And then it started to fall away. And now I just get my nugget burnt. I'm sorry. You're not. Nope. Yeah. Not even a little bit. Well, we're not talking about burnt scalps or 10th run, 10th Tenth inning, inning runner rules. We're talking today, we're talking about watches. As, as we do sometimes. And specifically, I'm going to say, I don't know if this is true or not, inspired by this morning's release of the Vero mm. Smoky. It didn't hurt. We decided to revisit uh, an oldie but a goodie an old 40 and 20 theme which is the best the objectively best scientifically objectively best and today we're gonna do the objectively best field watch under one thousand dollars which is kind of hard kind of hard there's weird price increments here and then there's a there's a whole class in the 1000 to 1500 zone that like should be in the affordable conversation, but just aren't at our arbitrary number of a thousand. Yeah, I would actually say this is, I think that this is the first area, the the first of these we've done where at right above our category, that thousand dollar category, you get some fucking bangers. Yes. Um, Some top tier shit. That's right. And, and and it's not very far up. For instance, the C65 Sandhurst comes mm-hmm. in at like 1300 bucks. And the, the Triumph. That's right. It's yeah. quite a bit more, but yeah. The you, Triumph is what 1300 bucks? I think 17. In, it, oh yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. So, but, but you've got some options from Ferrer, you've got some options yeah. from there's a lot of options out there that are just north of that $1000. But we're not talking about those watches. No, we're not cuz those aren't affordable. Well, those are hoity-toity snooty watches for rich people. We are talking about the best, <laughs> as he looks at his wrist. Uh, we are talking about the best field watches under $1,000. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. There are some highfalutin options in there, here. There are. I was actually, I was kind of surprised by one that landed in our joint top five. Yeah. Because this, I, I went to this, I was like, oh, I, this is kind, this has got to be in the zone. And then it came in in the zone. And I was like, this is a surprise. Yeah. We got some, so I, I th- Andrew, you can, you can dictate if, if you disagree with this. I think what we do is we kind of start with some honorable mentions. I agree. And then we're going to get to a top, our top five, which is actually a top six because we couldn't agree. There's, there's, there's one watch on each of our lists that was an outlier on the others. Yeah, that's right. There's two watches total. Mm-hmm. One of them made Andrews. One of them made mine. And we're just gonna, we're just gonna burn them up. Tie for it's it's tied for fifth. I agree. 
even though it's mathematically that's not true. It's tied for fifth. Mm-hmm. It's tied for fifth. So, do you want to start? To, <coughs> well, so, there's some some watches that didn't make our list, and we, I think some big ones. So, when, when are you going to start? At? We need to start with CWC, and we need to start with the CWC G10, which is arguably the field watch. I agree. Um, it is kind of the thing that inspired the thing, right? It's, it's in a class of watches that inspired what became how we identify the field watch. And the reason it's in a class of watches because it was a spec watch and a bunch of different companies made it. And CWC happens to just be the one who's continuing to make it. And I think continuing to make it the best. Yeah. Well, this is the current MOD field watch. This is the current spec theoretically issued ministry of defense field watch. And, um, you know, it's got some problems in the way that we score, which is the scientifically proven and objectively best way to evaluate a watch. Namely, it's water resistance. Uh, and, and for us, for those of you who uh, have maybe forgotten or for some reason or somehow unfamiliar, I'm going to run through our rubric real quick. So uh, our first scoring category is water resistance. And for water resistance, you can get for every 10 meters, one point. So up to 100 meters, you get 10 points. Anything north of 100 meters... You get, you get one, one point. point because anything north of 100 meters is sort of frivolous. So 1,200 meters is 11 points. 110 meters, 11 points. Next is size. And and about two years ago, we decided to expand our size range to include from 38 to 40. I think we were getting some funny scores. Some mm-hmm. funny results in the scoring metric. And we were like, this doesn't make sense the way we're doing it. Right. So from 38 to 40 is a perfect score. For every half millimeter off of that size range is the loss of a point. And there's a 37.7 on here, and I'm curious how you scored it. I scored it a 9. I did too. Okay. So we, we don't round up. We round away yeah. from the point. I, I think if it had been 37.8, I would have scored it a 10. Okay. Yeah. All right. Every half millimeter away, you lose a point. Movement. Uh, We both have kind of different outlooks on the movement, but the general kind of sense is a, what would you call a 10? We're calling it like a handmade Swiss Cosk kind of zone. That's right. I don't think I've ever given a watch a 10 on movement. That is a very, very high mark. You're going to have to be, I mean, we're talking about something like. Like DM Tiffany making all the components and then a fella under a loop hand filing everything to precision plus or minus a half a second. A That's right. We're talking about Chopar. We're mm-hmm. talking about, um, you, you know, certainly anything bespoke. Um, I'd give a Belcanto a 10, but I, we've never put that on an objectively best list. We've never gotten into the realm of a Belcanto getting scored. I think a Belcanto is <clears throat> the most, for me, this is, this is interesting, right? Because we're, we're, we're talking about this 
I think really for the first time we've talked about other things, but what is a 10? I think a Bel Canto is the most accessible 10 that I can think of. I think I agree. So, so I gave one, <coughs> just, just for context, I gave one nine today for movements. Uh, no, that's not true. I did not give a, a nine is a very nice production movement. I think for I think I've given a coaxial a nine before. I think a coax gets a nine. Yeah. I think your your standard Rolex movements get a nine. Okay. Um, you, you know, and, and that's probably the floor, right? That's mm-hmm. a floor for a nine. Eight is a big, a wide margin. I'm giving, I'm giving sort of luxury, like like that second tier of Swiss movements, mm-hmm. an uh, an eight. Um, super in-house, like we'll, we'll even like, I, I could even tolerate a Salita or a Soprod made in and then turned into an in-house with yeah. like, I, I think of like, uh, what's it? Foliot who's doing jumping hours with production movements. I can push that into an eight zone. Yeah. Maybe if we have some reliability, right? Some, yeah. Some history of and, success and some into the sexiness. Eight zone. And yeah, right. We gotta get some some bedazzling in there. We gotta get some perlage, some some upgrades. Seven that. sevens are gonna be your your base Salidas, your base Eddas, your Miota nines. I give Ego Drive a seven. Okay. Almost almost universally because it's such a cool technology better Seiko movements are getting a seven. So mm-hmm. like a six R is yeah, getting a seven for me. for me. Um, sixes are your NH, your Miyota eight, just some standard, like throw it in plug and play kind of zone. That's right. These are, these are not great movements, but they're fine. Timex mechanical Timex courts are getting fives for me. Kind of sixes for me. Oh, yeah. sixes. Oh. The, yeah. Well, the Timex mechanicals are oftentimes seagulls and they're pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I give, I give a six to the Miota eights that are show up in some of these Timex watches. So yeah, but, but that's kind of how we're, it, it's, it's, it's not subjective. The $1 Chinese stuff is getting probably a two or a three. Mm-hmm. Um, I I actually, I think I'm giving quartz these days, uh, depending on the movement, slightly higher scores. So uh, yeah, that's, that's where we are with movements. What All else right, do we got? Now we're moving into shoes. We're moving into bracelet strap, not just options, but quality, right? So we're moving into, are you using some bullshit hollow end links that we know to be like a most Seiko bracelets for me are in the five to six zone. Yeah. Because five, they're yeah. totally okay and nothing more. Totally okay. Right. A Nighthawk is like a, is like an eight for me because that bracelet is just dope. And then we move into companies that are offering a bracelet with a rubber strap. And I don't necessarily know what the rubber strap is, but when we're offering that combination, we got some quality in shoes there, right? Yes. Uh, then we're looking at finishing quality of the bracelet. So shoes are important for me, but that's where we're kind of looking at with that aesthetic. Also I, totally. Oh, sorry. I gave exactly one nine for shoes today. Every, I gave a few sixes. I gave a bunch of sevens, a bunch of eights for shoes. I gave no nines today. I gave exactly one nine. Who was your bracelet? Uh, We'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. Uh, Because you have experience. I was on the fence about that one, and I know what you're talking about. I was really on the fence, and I stuck with an eight. So durability. 
aesthetic. Oh, aesthetic. Yep. Aesthetic. Uh, this is the only even just slightly subjective category besides another category that we're going to talk about later, which is inherently objective. This is the overall design, how we interpret the design, whether just, just as a whole. We're talking case shape. We're talking finishing. We're talking dial. We're talking markers, whether how the loom is applied, indices, the, the whole picture. How does it come together as an overall top-down view. And I really love field watches. So today, I've got a bunch of eights, a bunch of nines, and a ten. I don't have any... Uh, oh, no. Durability. Durability. This is uh, This is going to be... How well does this thing fare? Mm-hmm. In multiple environments? Yes. In, in use? Yes. This is another one where... It incorporates some other categories. Yeah. Uh, next up is Loom. And Loom, honestly, we could probably do away with Loom because everyone is using, like, we could go to, like, one or zero for Loom, probably. That was, that was a you know, valiant effort. Um, everyone's using Super, Super Luminova or BGW9. And if they're not using Loom, it's it's they're not. Right, I haven't yeah. come across a watch in a long time where their loom application, their loom material was more than a step below Seiko. We've got a couple. We've got a couple watches today that have sus loom uh, that we're going to talk about. A couple watches that we're going to talk about with sus loom. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I we have a we have a watch brand that I'm going to talk about that rates their own loom as a six out of ten. I I have a pretty strict so Loom is the first category where we only get five points, mm-hmm. and I've got a pretty strict rubric for what I apply. So if you've got a, a decent application of Superluminova or, s- or something of that ilk, I'm giving you a four. If you've got something better than that, and the only one I can think of right now is well, I can think of two different things. I'm gonna give balls tritium rainbow shit a five yeah i'm going to give indiglo a five okay okay so i also anything that's slightly below super luminova quality and you know there's a few watches out there that you're like the loom's not great i'm giving those i'm giving those a three you've got loom but it's not great i also include loom pad size right because some watches have loomed markers that are just objectively not big enough. So that incorp that that like you could have super luminova on little pencil thin razors, and that's not enough for me. That's gonna score lower than a five, right? Imagine if you if like if just the peaks on the Bambino had loom, it's still gonna get a one. Yeah. It got it's got loom. You you tried, but it's insufficient. That's right. Your loom material and your loom legibility matters to me. If you've got tiny little loom plots, pass. Okay. Last up. The X Factor. And this is the only slightly objective. You said that about aesthetics too, but. No, aesthetics is is pretty objective. There's a little bit of, you know, (laughs) how I feel 
But the X factor is where we allow a little bit of our of our own opinions and biases I treat, to influence it. And X factor is, I treat this is, one more objectively than I treat aesthetics, by the way. It's our other five point category. So we have an eleven point for water for resistance. 10 points for size, movement, shoes, aesthetics, durability, five points for loom, and five points for X-Factor. And X-Factor accounts for the coolness of the watch. And maybe it's the coolness because of the design, maybe the material, maybe also the the uh, legacy of the watch, hmm. right? Like a, like a G10 from CWC, that's a full five in hmm. X-Factor for me mm-hmm. because it's representative of this bygone era and the super cool thing that still exists Mm -hmm. right you know a a sub is a 10 for me a dock or a 10 a five a doxa is a five for me because it represents the the origin of dive watches that's where the x factor comes in a trasca is a five for me because they've introduced this hardening process that doesn't exist in other affordable watches they've done a cool thing and it's worth noting yeah yeah. i I scored a little bit differently and i think i i lean more on towards um giving higher scores to more iconic watches so Mm. uh new kids on the block cool as they may be typically get a little bit less x factor when you're Um, doing the coolest thing on the block though you get some points yeah um certainly yeah, we we can talk about X Factor as we walk through, but okay. that that's a good refresher. It's been a while since we've done these, so I'm glad that I'm glad that you took the time to do that, Andrew. So we were talking about the CWCG10, which is the field watch. Yeah, well, it is, it is the field watch because the MOD says it's the field watch, right? Exactly. And but unfortunately, it, great it just on our list. it doesn't score well because it's not specced well. A field watch. You know, traditionally 30 to 50 millimeters of water resistance. That's just insufficient for the application, yeah. in, in my opinion, right? I've, I've, <clears throat> in a military capacity, have been sitting in a firing position on a range, actually submerged in water with a spray bottle of CLP for which to spray on my bolt carrying group between firing iterations. I believe that a 30 to 50 meter water resistant watch would survive that. Yeah. But it was 10 hours in a pool. Yeah. Yes, a 30 meter watch can be submerged up to 30 meters before there's intrusion. Well, and this isn't a 30 meter watch. It's a 50 meter. A 50 meter watch can survive for for that amount for for that depth of intrusion, but perhaps not that duration. And there are countless stories of the khaki mechanical getting fogged in the shower. 50 meters is insufficient for a true prolonged exposure to the elements. And I'll say it, like you can you can add us all you want. 50 meters in, is insufficient for prolonged exposure to the elements. Yeah, well, I, I think that 
it is for for most dry land activities it's going to be fine but this is typical of field watches as you as you said so um yeah it, it gets marked down and but a lot of the field watches we're going to talk about today don't so it's fair it's fair it also gets marked down in size a a full yeah, yeah. three points because mm-hmm. it's 36 and a half. Is that fair? I don't know. It's objective, you guys. Movement. We've got a quartz movement. It gets seven points because it's a nice quartz movement. It's, yeah, it's a good quartz movement. But it's it's losing some points there versus the others. It's coming with on a it's got fixed lugs. So we're talking about uh pro, a, a, you know, whatever a five NATO strap shoe for me. Getting low scores there. So I think it's fair to say we love this watch, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't make the cut. And it can't because it it's built to be a spec watch, but it's just not specced right for the true application, right? This is an MOD watch, which means that it costs nothing to issue it to the troop. Yeah. It's a freebie. It is an F91, but it's a field watch. Right, the government just gives it to you. Oh, I broke mine. Cool. Here's a new one. So n- next up, and almost the same exact criticism, my pick for the field watch is the Hamilton Khaki Field Mechanical. Mm-hmm. I own one. I've owned a number of them. I own right. one now. I'm looking at buying another one. I want one. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, um, I'm looking at buying a number, another one coming up pretty quickly. But for the same reasons... This just struggles a little bit to make our list, in particular, the water resistance. The water resistance and size. So, well, the size is fine. It's well, a, it gets a 10 on size at 38, but... There's a... Well, I, I like the 42 better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I like it better. Yeah. Well, that's that's too big. The 38 millimeter Hamilton Khaki Field Mechanical, that is my, for sure, must be on the honorable mention list. And it doesn't make it for fair reasons, uh, but it's, it's actually pretty close. I've got that at 59. My winners come in at my list starts at 61. So it wasn't that far off. Certainly losing five points on water resistance. You can see if that's just a hundred meters of water resistance, it's tops on my list. I see it loses a bunch of durability for me and it's water resistance. Yeah, no, it's super durable. I've worn a shit out of mine and it's fine, but didn't you have one that fogged? Nope. Oh, Nope, never had one that fogged. Well, it loses durability for me because it doesn't have all the water resistance that I want. That's a double whammy. You got any more honorable mentions that you feel like we got to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about, did we, oh, I want to talk about the Marathon Officer Mechanical. Okay. For the same reason that we talked about the last two. This watch, I... Is this the general purpose mechanical? No, not the so the GP is a thirty six. The officer is a thirty. The GPM comes in a thirty nine. What did I score? Um, I've got I've I got scored the, one at a six in size. The GPM I've got it at a fifty five. Well, if we add but four, it's, it's, it's still at a forty three. Fifty meters of water 50, resistance. Yeah, that's the issue. It's fifty meters of water resistance. We are in an era. That to achieve 100 meters of water resistance adds no effort. 50 meters of water resistance for a field, sport, any of that varietal watch is unacceptable. You can get to 100. We deserve it. 
fix the problem. Yeah, and and we can see most of these companies are. That yes, it <clears throat> seems like that's the new. The it's new the normal. kind of heritage companies that are not. Yeah, that 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 does seem to be the new normal. So yes, so we've we've gone through our honorable mentions because the marathon officer is dope. So is the the GPM, the general purpose mechanical in the thir- in thirty nine, which makes the list. The thirty six is not all that close. I yeah, and I I really like both of those. They're probably on like a purchase list in the next couple of years for me because they're dope and they're trit tubes. Like that's a full five for me. Trits a tritium tubes are a five. Period. So tied for fifth. I'm gonna let you make the case for your entry on the tied for fifth. Okay. First, what's what is it? I think for you, it was the Seiko Alpinist. Okay, so Al's penis. I don't think there's much of an argument to be made. This watch is specced terrifically, right? It is in 11 on water resistance. It's a 10 for size. It's got the 6R movement, which is a 7 for me. The bracelet is... Solid end links, but also a cycle bracelet, so it's not going to get north of a seven. So holds it a seven for me. It's it, it, it it's the SAR bracelet. If you have one on a bracelet, it's the SAR bracelet with solid end links. Yes, it is a nine for aesthetic. This is as close to perfect as you can get for me. It is a tool watch that has well integrated functionality. It is. Elegant, but also rugged. It's durability. And maybe it should be a little bit lower than an eight because I did probably break the movement or maybe got a lemon. It's hard to say exactly. It's a Seiko Loom, so it's a five. And the heritage of the evolution of this watch makes it a 5X factor for me. I love this watch. Mine is broken and I still wear it. It does not keep time. Right. And I still wear it. <laughs> yeah, this was... So I think I agree with everything you're saying, Andrew. This is... This was so close for me. I think it loses points on shoes because it primarily comes on a strap these days. And if you have one on a bracelet, it's... It's a SAR bracelet. It's the worst part of that watch. It is, but it's not bad. With that said, this was one point out of being in the money for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's right there. Um, this is, comes in at a 60. My fifth place... Is a sixty-one. In fact, this, my this is fourth, a sixty-two for me. My fourth, fifth, and sixth places are all sixty-one. So it's right there. I don't disagree with you. It just didn't quite have the gas. This is also our top sport watch under a thousand. I think that's right. Which is appropriate. Now, here's the thing. One of the thing. One of the uh, kind of successions. Secessions that I made. Concessions. Concessions. That's the word I'm looking for. What I wanted in a field watch was a 12, 24 hour. Mm. That was important. There were some watches that brought some other components to the game that let me look over a 12 and 24. This was one of those. This twin stick, internal rotating bezel. This is a field watch, not in a military sense, right? Because so much of the field watch is based off of the traditional 12, 24 hour ring military spec watch, which is kind of what I wanted to build my list around and really where I focused my attentions. Though this 
is more of a sport watch, this is still a field watch. Yeah. It serves all the functions. It has all of the things. This met my criteria because of the other things that it brought to the table. So my fifth place watch, also a concession in that regard, does not have a 24-hour ring. And and I do think that's a problem. I have in this spot, or tied for fifth, the Formex Field mm. Automatic. Uh, the Formex Field Automatic comes in at just under 1000 It's a terrific... It's like nine ninety five, but it's there. It, that's right. It, it's a terrific value at under 1000 bucks. It is... Grade two titanium. Mm-hmm. Um, I ding it a little bit because it does not come on. It ding. It lost a lot of points for me. Not coming on a bracelet. Yeah, yeah. and and so I, I I ding it a little bit in that regard. Um, maybe not quite as much as you do, uh, but everything else is there, right? So let's just let's just go through the spec list. 41 millimeters, so it loses a couple points there, but grade two titanium, uh, surface coating up to 145 Vickers, uh, or from 145 up to 900 Vickers, super light, hypoallergenic, a really cool sandwich dial, old radium loom, not a huge fan, but it glows, uh, super light, a fairly cool nylon strap that's where it lost some points for me too carbon composite clasp which is phenomenal um and the dimensions are really good this watch is super thin uh and it's just cool it's no secret that we love titanium that's right and 150 meters of water resistance yep so it gets that 11 so i i I think this one for me is slightly more capable, slightly sexier, objectively better than the, oh, in movement. We've got a Salita 201 in here. That's better. The problem (coughs) with the Alpinist is it's so beefy. It's a little bit of a thick bitch. It's a little thick because of that, because of that six R movement, 10, six on the, on the Formex, 150 meters water resistance. 10.6. 10.6. Which is which should be the standard that this is being achieved. It's inexcusable to be thicker for less water resistance unless you're doing some stacked up multi complication chronograph moon phase. Yeah. So two watches that are as different as can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. But really, really close. You know, you had the you had the Formex ranked high, even though you downgraded it in some areas that I didn't. I had the the Seiko ranked really high, even though I downgraded in some areas that you didn't. These are both really great watches. Uh, a perfect tide for five. Andrew, what's our number four watch? Um, I think if we aver- actually, we're not even averaging it out. Weren't the camel the the ugh, the Hamilton khaki titanium? And this is I had to close all my tabs because I had 
like 95 tabs open to try to score watches. And this is specifically the 38 mil, the 38 millimeter Hamilton khaki titanium. Yeah, so the Hamilton khaki titanium, it is coming in at my count 995. Mm-hmm. This is getting a full 100 meters of water resistance. It's a 10 for size. It is, I scored it a 7 for movement. I scored it a 5 for... It's shoes because it only comes on leather. Yeah. If you're going to get it under a thousand, I don't think there's a bracelet option for it though. Yeah. I give it a seven for that, but that's a pretty score, pretty low score for me. It it's aesthetic as at a seven, it's durability at a nine for me and loom and X factor at a five. Um, this is maybe the, the khaki field that I get. Because coming in titanium, I love titanium. I love the finish of titanium. I love the look of titanium. The durability of titanium is unmatched. And it's the khaki field that we all recognize. There's not much more to say than that. It's specced terrifically. It's not going to fog on you. It's going to withstand anything that you deal with, anything that you try to do to it. This was our unanimous number five yeah that's right you know i will say here's i will say something about this watch so i don't i give it a much lower x factor score this gets a three for me the hamilton almost universally gets a five for me the hamilton khaki field gets a much better score than that um a five versus a three i don't think this is the watch right the hamilton khaki field is the watch this is a newer watch it's not as iconic it's not as popular. It's better, but that's why I scored it better in the other places. It's, it's better where it's better, which makes it better. Which is why it got points in that place. X Factor, it doesn't win. It simply cannot beat the Hamilton Khaki Field Mechanical in terms of that X Factor. Um, the other the other reason that I don't love this watch, and this is not fair to it, is that for my money... I am going to buy the Seiko 5 Sports Field Watch. They look nearly identical. And I'm going to pay basically a quarter as much for a watch that I think is cooler. It's I think it's not cooler. cooler. It's not made out of titanium. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Although I, it is $800 worth of titanium worth it. <laughs> I, I yeah, don't know. 700 yeah. You still get 100 meters of water resistance. You get a decent, you know, you, you have basically the same thickness. I mean, yeah, for my money. So that takes away from this watch a little bit for me that I can get something so close that's also really fucking cool. Uh, yeah, that's not fair to it, but that's it's not that's where my head's at. It's really objective of you. <laughs> I didn't score it down there. I'm just telling you that's the only reason I don't love this watch as much. Saying it's super objective. I didn't score it down anywhere for that. I'm just saying it's something that takes away from it for me. Okay. Do you want to go to your number four that made yeah, also let, my list? Let's talk about the Traska Summiteer 38. Mm-hmm. So the Summiteer, I think, is probably my, the, the 36 Summiteer is probably my favorite of the Summiteers. We re, we scored the, the 38 here because for obvious it reasons, better. it scores better. Um, this has 100 meters of water resistance. The size fits in the 10 category. It's got a great movement. 
It has got, this is the one watch on my list today that got a nine on bracelet because Traska's bracelet is a banger. I don't know what they do. They sprinkle some sort of sexy dust in that bracelet. It lays well. It fits well. It moves well. It tapers well. It's comfortable and it just works. Traska is the king of doing boring shit perfectly i have for no money how do you afford it traska how do you do it i have two watches that have never come off their bracelet that one the santos Mm -hmm. and the commuter uh yeah so and that includes a monta like that includes a christopher ward the bracelet on the on the traska is not as good as the monta bracelet but, but it's I've, really fucking close. And and it's But it, I chose to put an Everest on the Manta. Yeah. Right. I did take the Manta bracelet off. It's also not as good as Christopher Ward, but it's really fucking close. I still I have for a, half of the price. I have a Christopher Ward on a Mankey right now. <laughs> that you're wearing. I'm wearing. I'm wearing it's happening right now. I, I have this, not taken the commuter's bracelet off. I gave this a terrific durability score. So here here's my scores. 10, 10, 8 for movement. Nine for shoes, eight for looks, nine for durability, four for loom, and I gave it a three for X Factor because it's a fucking Trasca. You don't get it, the X. The hardening part of their finishing is unmatched. You give it under two thousand dollars. That's why I gave it a great durability score <clears throat> because that doesn't make sense to give it extra points in it another gets ex- category. It, it, it gets like points it so in two categories. No, because it's game changer. Like, That's you know straight what? X Factor I shit. Gave it, I gave it higher scores in water resistance because of surely that hardening gives it, and, and also size because it probably makes it smaller. Its size is perfect. <laughs> Andrew. All right, what's next? Okay, so another watch. This scored number f- four for me and number two for you. This is the Serica 4512. And what is happening? It I don't, in, it I don't think three, this watch was on your initial list. It wasn't on my initial list. And but I was then like, you, you got to score this. You sent it to me and I was like, oh, fucking duh. This needs to be on the list. So I scored it and it landed in my top five. Um, So there it comes in three iterations. The WMB, the Commando, which and the California. What's the difference between the WMB and the Commando? Uh, left hand, right hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. I prefer the left hand, all things being equal. Uh, <clears throat> so, sizing on this. First, let's talk. 316L stainless steel. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. 37.7 millimeters. So, that was kind of the wrinkle. Yeah. Did you take two points off? Uh, just one. Just one. So did I. Yeah, it's a nine. Yeah. Okay. Sapphire. It's got a two millimeter anti-reflective domed crystal. It's using a Soprod P24 manual. Which is a rad movement. Super cool movement. Now, <clears throat> 200 meters of water resistance. Here's where it really was a banger for me it got an eight in shoes because that bracelet 
I got to see these in person. I like these watches. I like their design. I like their finishing. Everything about this watch I really like. I was very concerned about the bracelets. Yeah, this is a bond clip. Because it's, it's a bond clip. It looks like it should be flimsy, maybe too light, like just kind of like an afterthought. And I put this watch on, and I was like, oh my goodness. You've done it. I love this bracelet. I think for today, the only two watches that matched its score as an eight was the Ferrer, which we'll talk about later because their bracelet was so comfortable. And the Trasca, also so comfortable. This was simultaneously the best balanced and lightest bracelet I've ever put on. Mm. I was like taken by it because it didn't make sense. So this for Mm. me scored... Not as well as you, somehow. Yeah. Well, um, so first, let me tell you where I scored it down because I, I think the places where I scored it down are interesting. So for Loom, I scored it down. I gave this a three and a half on Loom, which is one of my low scores of the day for Loom. The Loom on this guy is not great. the The hands are really well illuminated. The markers are, I think, a little. They're a little small. They're small, and the Loom application is weak. And so I gave it a three and a half on Loom, which is a pretty low score. Uh, I also, you know, as as we noted, 37.7 marked it down a point on size mm-hmm. because we have to. Um, pretty much everywhere else, it's it's nuts. Water resistance, it gets the full marks of 11. Mm-hmm. I also gave it an eight. Which for you the, don't expect for a watch that looks like this. This yes. really classic military field watch, you expect... 30 to 70 meters of water resistance and you get the full 200, which is why it's so inexcusable to show up as less than a hundred. I also gave it, so it's got a great, it's got a fantastic movement. I also gave it an eight on shoes, Andrew, because Mm -hmm. I think that bond clip is really freaking neat. This is my one watch today that got full marks for aesthetics. Um, I, I prefer, I prefer the WMB, I think that this is a quintessential field watch style. It is yeah. perfect. It's um, so perfectly boring and exactly what you want out of it. The brush to polish finishes do everything I want. The case profile is fantastic. Yeah. It I almost get, looks disproportionate because of the case shape to a 20 millimeter lug. It almost looks like it should be maybe a 34 sized case, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's not it, it's it winds up still wearing pretty thin, which is is an effective use of that Super space. Thin. Yeah, um, yeah, durability gets great marks. X factor, I gave it a four, which is above average. Um, and it just with all those things put together, it's damn near tops of my list. Yeah, it is dope. And, and- Andrew. Our number one watch. Will you lead the way, sir? Yeah. Because I, I think know. this one actually kind of surprised both of us. Su- it really surprised me. So I was uh, 
when I'm looking through this, I'm like going through brands of people that make sense. And I was like, you know what? I bet, I bet Ferrer's got something in here. They've got to have something in the zone. And it turns out they have one true watch in the zone and it comes in a different, different couple different iterations. There's a black iteration and a green iteration. We used the green iteration, the Ferrer Exmar. The I don't remember what the black is called. The objectively best field watch under a thousand dollars. Yes, it comes in at nine hundred and ninety-five dollars. Comes on a bracelet at nine hundred and ninety-five dollars. And I'll tell you, if you haven't experienced the Ferrer bracelet, you know you might take issue with the clasp being. Um, a butterfly, I take no issue with butterfly clasps. The bracelet is so comfortable. It's a seven link. Is it seven? It's a five, it's link. A five link. I don't know. I don't count good. Um, here's, here's the kind of wrinkle. It's not a 1224. It's got a 12 hour ring with a pointer date. But here's where it starts to just blow everything out of the water. Gets 11 points for water resistance cuz it's 200 meters of water resistance. Perfect score for size. It's using a Salita SW221 movement which is a 28.8 4 hertz movement so we've got a great movement with uh what's the power reserve in it 38 hours of power reserve it's specific that's specifically the the date hand mm-hmm. uh that's specifically the date hand yeah, yeah. great with, bracelet. with a built-in shock it's 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 a full meal deal movement. yes it's got great shock resistance so not only are we just in the shock resistance zone but we're also in the aesthetic of this really fairer tons of color but not like because fairer's got some watches that are a little bit offensive in the amount of color they use the exmoor is a green dial with some really great color accents it's got a blue second hand an orange date wheel and a uh a 20 minute countdown timer in that date wheel to be used against your second hand. It's got some faux patina, loom plots, like just all of the things to make it fairer and really colorful without being kind of their like lunar lander, like oranges and teals and like, like just crazy. In this application, <clears throat> I don't think I'd call that faux tina. I think that they've used the color of the loom to be a color. It's not... It, it's not it's faux patina because they have white. It is that color. You're right. But they have white loom on everything else. They've used that to be an accent color, which I think is a much more honest use of toned loom. All, yes. all that to say, it it is. I agree with you 100%. This is a stunning watch. A couple things about this watch that jump out to me. One, you buy this thing, you get all three straps. You get the yes. bracelet, you get the leather, you get the blue pass-through nylon. Wow. Um, Waiting on infringe. You, you get uh, a, a huge amount At 9 of 9 dollars right? Most watches, it's like, 
it's $800 on a nylon, but it's $1,300 with a nylon and the bracelet. They're like, nope, we're just going to give them all to you. You get some of the best loom in the business. Mm -hmm. You get, I, I mean, dimensions are all great. It is a little thick. So 12 and a half is the thickness on this thing. So it's not a dainty watch. But it's a field watch. But it's a field watch. 30 and, 38 and a half by 12.5. That is a fine, fine dimension, especially when they're giving you all of that water resistance. Yes. 200 meters. And it basically just across the board gets fantastic numbers. Four for X Factor. Uh, uh, excuse me. Four for, four for X Factor. Four for Loom. Nine for durability, nine for looks, eight for shoes, eight for movement, 10 for size, 11 for water resistance. So just for reference, maximum score is a 71. This is pulled a 63 on my list. And it's pulled a 61 on my list. Yeah. This is the guy. This is the objectively best field watch. Who would have thought a pointer date would have... From Ferrer. From Ferrer. Yeah. Would land... Than objectively best. And this isn't like I scored it super high, Everett scored it super low. Everett scored it as his number one, and I scored it as my number two. Mm -hmm. Which includes... What was your number one? The Alps. Al's penis. Oh. Yeah. I love Al. <laughs> I wear a broken watch. That's how much I love that watch. Yeah, you do. It's a five for X Factor, always. <laughs> Andrew, I think we've done it. it, it it's just, uh, this shocked me. You have any parting thoughts for for this category? I actually think that at $1,000, you have the <coughs> best options available to you. And, and that's even before you consider the 4512 and the Exmoor. Mm -hmm. um, you've got... The CWC G10 at well under a thousand, and you've also got a lot of a lot of other options that could fit into this category, right? Like you've got Christopher Ward's C63 series and and the C36. You've got a lot of sport watches that can fill this void. These are field watches, and so more so, I mean, with dive watches, right? You you've got you kind of start at a thousand and go from there. Mm -hmm. With sport watches, certainly you have some sub thousand dollar ranges, but I don't think like field watches, I don't think the players are quite as contained. You, you know, although it didn't make our list, it was an honorable mention. I think that there are a lot of very snooty, high end luxury watch snobs that will say the Hamilton Khaki Field Mechanical is the modern quintessential field watch. And, and I, I, Rated a lot of Vayer watches because Vayer's got a huge lineup of field watches that just don't score well because of their size. And so this category, this grouping of watches, unlike other areas, I really think at sub $1,000, you're getting more bang for your buck in terms of in terms of cachet, right? Mm -hmm. A Hamilton Khaki Field Mechanical is cachet. A yeah. CWC G10 is cachet. And you're getting these watches, if you're lucky, for like 250 Two five, yeah. 350 bucks, right? Uh, you could get an issued G10 for under five. 
That, yeah. was, that was issued to somebody in the British military. I have an issued G10 Pulsar that was actually worn by a soldier with an NSN number on the back that I picked up for, you know, under 200 bucks. That is the kind of the predecessor to the CWC. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can get in, in this, in the field watch, the military field watch area, you're getting really, really high cache watches for not a lot of money. And, and, and of course, cool watches. Y- you can spend a lot of money on you. You can watches. spend a bucket load, right? You, yeah. you know, you can get into the IWC zone. You can get, you know, you can be in the ten thousand dollars zone. Easy, but yeah. are they? But as you don't cool? have to, and you don't have to be. I guess I that's know the that bigger just picture. As cool, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's not like a sub, right? Where a sub has been a military issued watch, and you got to spend thirteen thousand dollars to get into a sub. You can get it in for less, but you maybe shouldn't. You can get into a CWC for under a thousand, and that's arguably under five hundred, right? More cool. Well, with that, I think we've done it, Andrew. I'm going to ask you a question tonight. Okay. Other things. What do you got? I have another thing. <clears throat> Are you familiar with the St. Andrew's Golf Club? <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, it's the most famous. Okay, yes, I'm okay. familiar. Are you aware that they have only one reciprocity agreement? I was aware of this. I don't know who it's with off the top of my head. In the world. <clears throat> I recently became aware of a Australian mining town known as Cooper Petty, which is Opalfields. a translation of the Aboriginal language for white guy in a hole. Cooper Petty. White guy in a hole. This is a small town about 700 miles north of Adelaide, Australia, that is famous for its opal mines. And it was an opal mining town that exists entirely subterranean because it's so hot in the summer. And it's also so dry, so they don't have to worry about moisture infestation into their subterranean digouts or dugouts as they call their domiciles. A few years ago, they decided to build a golf club there. This this place has a population of 2500. It's in the wastelands of Australia. So they decided to build a golf course. But the problem is there's no grass there. So in order to golf there, they carry around a chunk of turf and they find their ball and they place it on that chunk of turf and they smack it toward the hole. And a reporter showed up and they were kind of tongue-in-cheek talking about this golf club and they decided as part of this kind of comical discussion to bring in a greens manager from St. Andrews to talk about the way they were managing their greens, 
which then prompted a back and forth between these two golf clubs and resulted in St. Andrews providing the only reciprocity to any golf club in the world to this tiny Opal Fields golf course from one month a year where they can go play St. Andrews. Opal Fields has no grass. So these guys get to go play St. Andrews every year in January, which isn't great because Scotland in January is not great. So maybe they get to golf or they don't. But the bigger story is this city, city, town, that exists entirely underground. And I believe they've they've made some of these opal mines into a like a luxury-ish hotel, right? Yes. So some of them are luxury hotels. There's a uh there's an Orthodox church underground. The um one of the hotels was doing an expansion. And this is how rich the opal mining was in this area. This hotel is doing an expansion and it's, it all exists in limestone, which is super soft. So if you're in your house and you're like, Hey, I need an extra bedroom. You just grab a shovel and you just dig it out. Um, this hotel while doing their expansion found about a million dollars worth of opal. Just like, Oh, what a cool find. <laughs> We've paid for the expansion. We've done it. What a magical discovery. So this town exists primarily on tourism because it's a like totally subterranean town with tourist attractions and hotels. There's a comfort inn that exists underground. It's super cool. And I don't know if my other thing is this town that exists under the earth or if it's the fact that it's the only place that has reciprocity with St. Andrews. Um, but it is my new retirement goal. <laughs> I like it. Which means that I'm going to move to Australia to retire in this little tiny town where I have to live under the ground, which sounds amazing, and then get to go to the United Kingdom every year and golf St. Andrews. In February. January. Yeah. Fine. January. It's, it's going to be fun. It's it will be, be unpleasant. Yeah. The, I, I, There's got to be one good day. Right? We're at, we're at about the same latitude. Are we? I think this is I think this is not going to work out well for you, but I really like your excitement about it. Andrew, I've got another thing. Do me. I'm going to I'm going to expect and warn everybody you're about to um interrupt with the latitude of Oregon versus San Andrews Golf Course. That's fine. We'll we'll deal with that when it happens. Uh I've got an Oh, they're I, way farther north than we are. I've got another thing, and my other thing is a it is a stapler, Andrew. It would be. They are way further north than we. Uh, I've got. I've got another thing that's a stapler. Yeah, they're like Edmonton. I. They're north of that. Have a stapler. That I bought after doing a buy it for life. I wanted a stapler. I need a stapler, and I don't just want to go to Office Depot and buy like one of the newfangled spring ones. I don't want to buy a red swing line because. I have one. It's right in front of you. Basic bitch. I want something kind of cool that I'm never going to replace. And I found out that there is a company in Bend, Oregon. Bend is about 100 miles from us, maybe not quite. It is central Oregon. It's high desert. It is a lovely place filled with celebrities. 
Um, maybe not filled. Willie Nelson was just there. We've got world-class skiing in <clears> Bend. <throat> We've got world-class steelhead fishing. Uh, it is, it's a really, really neat place. And in terms of Oregon, it's probably the coolest place. And, mm-hmm. and Bend at large. You've got, I think, five or six mountains within 20 miles that you can summit. Uh, Fantastic hiking. A number of Really good search and rescue so that when you are a little (laughs) bit overambitious about your attempt (laughs) to summit, they will come get you. They do have a substantial search and rescue operation out there. Uh, It's just a really cool place. Uh, But they have a company called Oregon Stapler. (laughs) Which Shocker. is, yeah, that's uh, a little bit on the nose. But <coughs> they make in the United States, fully made in the USA, which, as we know, means something much more than made in Switzerland. Swiss made. Uh, a fully United States made mechanical stapler that is made like, an, like a classic stapler. I own one of these. It is red. Mine's cooler. I own a red organ stapler and I was using it today because I had to staple about 500 things. And I was like, you know, this thing is so freaking good. I can't believe I've never talked. A, I can't believe I've never talked about it on the show because it's made in, made in the United States. Not only is it made in the United States, it's made in Oregon. It is, you can just tell as you're pushing on it, this thing's bulletproof. It's got a warranty. Mm. It, and it, and here's the best part. 22 bucks. Okay. there Now you have me. Right. Because you, you read about this thing and you look and you're like, okay, what do you want? You want 70 bucks? You want 80 bucks? Which I might have even paid. I'll pay it. Yeah, yeah. 22 bucks. All right. And I'm like, why would anybody buy any other stapler? Like, why would you buy a Chinese-made swing line or anything else? That's like a 60-year-old swing line. Now, what I will say is... This is not a bulk stapler, right? I had to do 200 documents today and like, you know, you you can get stapling machines or whatever. If you're stapling a bunch of stuff, you should be doing it with your copier. Yeah, right. You use something different. If you if you're like stapling all day every day, this maybe isn't for you. But for the 5 to 10 things I staple on a weekly basis, it is a peach. What a pleasure of a of an item. So what what's your like thickness that you're stapling? Yeah, a standard Talking thickness. Like Twenty pages ish. Yeah, I would say between two and twenty pages. And it and it just hand I mean of course it handles that just fine. This is a, a this is a basic stapler. So the one I have is the Oregon Stapler Praxis Pro, is what they call it. If you go to Oregon Stapler, you'll find this thing. Affordable, good. Made in the US, USA. Made in Oregon. Made in Oregon, man. I I think it's a perfect other thing. I think I agree with you. I think it's the objectively, if we had a rubric, this would be the objectively best other thing. Have you seen Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my other thing. I'm ready for it. I'm here. Andrew, today we have... Made a list of the objectively best field watch under a thousand dollars. We have discussed Scottish 
and Australian golf. We've talked about some subterranean culture. Mm-hmm. We've talked about $22 American-made staplers. This I is th- maybe our diverse episode. I think we've accomplished a lot. Maybe too much. Is there anything you'd like to add as we prepare for termination? No. Hey, you guys. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Do me a favor. Go to watchclicker.com. There's a lot of cool things that we post on a weekly basis, including every single episode of this of this podcast. Also, check us out on socials at WatchClicker or at 40 and 20 underscore WatchClicker on Instagram. More importantly, most importantly, perhaps, if you want to support what we're doing every single week without fail, never miss a damn week. Come on, guys. This is episode 250. You can do that at is Patreon. <laughs> yes, it is. Wow. You can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's how we got all the money to keep this thing going. And don't forget to tune in next week for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.